Partnership and collaboration is becoming second nature for nonprofits in our community. For many nonprofits serving youth in Midland, Midland Independent School District is a critical partner. I'm joined today by Dr. Stephanie Howard, the superintendent of Midland Independent School District, and we are exploring how nonprofits can be partners for student success. Thank you, Dr. Howard, for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Autumn. I'm really excited to dive into this conversation, but before we do, we like to give a brief audio description of ourselves. It helps our visually impaired and recording library listeners to be able to create a mental image as they listen. Um, so I'll go first. I'm Autumn. I'm five foot two, short brown pixie haircut, brown eyes and green glasses. And today I am dressed for this crazy summer heat. So just a light summer blouse and some khaki pants. And Dr. Howard? Um, yeah, so I'm Five five. I like to say sometimes my daughters say I'm not that tall. Uh, with grayish hair, used to be blonde, and green eyes. Um, I'm wearing my royal blue MIST shirt. Not so summer proof, but um, good for the studio. And um, black dress pants. Thank you for that. So I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. I know that you are a much sought after speaker these days with your new role with MISD. So one of the things that we like to do at State of the Nonprofits is talk about things that are important to our listeners. And our nonprofit community is robust and serving youth in Midland is a huge focus for so many of our nonprofits. For many years, Midland ISD has partnered with a variety of nonprofits in our community, but with each leadership change, the way in which our schools and nonprofits work together shifts. So what is your vision for how nonprofits can be part of student success in Midland? We've had such great partnerships over the years with our nonprofits. And so, you know, my vision is to continue those great partnerships we have, uh, find opportunities to work with new partners that are out there and um, always think, you know, when we have a need, who, who is out there that can help us with that need? So in your career, have you seen nonprofit school partnership success and how has that shaped your vision for MISD? So absolutely. You know, we have many examples of those strong partnerships right here in Midland. And and to be honest with you, in the different stops I've made across the region, uh, Midland is by far the ro- most robust community as far as just really pitching in and helping anywhere that, that the school district needs. And with our youth, whether we're talking about our youth or our staff, making sure we maintain those open lines of communication. And, and we think of the nonprofits and they think of us uh, when there's an opportunity. Approximately how many students is MISD serving now? We're serving, uh, we ended the year at about 27,800. 55% of those students uh, come from economically disadvantaged backgrounds. We have students that that come from all over, uh, coming new to the country, um, immigrant students that are coming in, learning language, learning English um, as their second language. We're expecting to grow next year as well. How many languages are in MISD right now? Uh, We have students who speak 46 languages. That is mind-boggling. And I've heard that statement many times, but it still just shocks me to think about how many diverse people are coming Mm -hmm. to our community here. Yes, absolutely. In fact, we're we're seeing so many new students come in from other countries that we're having to have some conversations about, you know, where do we serve them? Because right now we have one elementary who serves our, what we call our newcomers. um, And we're starting to see that number hit over 150 at the end of the year at that one campus. And so really having to look at, you know, are we going to need to open up another campus or, or how do we best serve the students that are coming to us? Not to go off on too much of a tangent, I 
I had the honor of serving for the United Way or helping the United Way with the Excellence in Education Awards. And I got to read through some of the Unsung Hero Awards and some of the work that's being done to welcome those new families and engage them in the campuses to help overcome some of that fear of newness and help them that culture shock. It's really incredible work. That is incredible work. And, you know, one of the things that I thought driving over here today is we welcome our students in and we try to welcome our families. But I do think there's some opportunities, you know, with our nonprofits to make sure that we're connecting those new families to various groups around the uh, around the community that can be of assistance to them. Yeah, there are so many resources available in Midland to help support people who are in need of acclimating to our community. Absolutely. So what is the outlook for growth in our student population? I know in the diversity, that outlook is pretty significant, but just in general. Right. So the last 10 years, we grew over a little over 4,000 students. We're expecting about 535 more next year. And then in the next 10 years, we're expecting another 4,000. So definitely seeing that growth, getting ready for that growth and planning for it and making sure that, that we can best serve all the students who show up in our in our classrooms and our buildings. Wow. You know, the statement, you can't be all things to all people, cannot apply to MISD, can it? Right. <laughs> um, you know, that's one of the things that... Um that I think about often, uh, many times we're asked to do so much. We all signed on to be teachers and coaches and principals and, and things like that. But educators at heart are going to do whatever it takes for kids. And so at the end of the day, that means a lot of tired educators, a lot of tired members of our team, because they're not going to just show up and do what they have to do. They're going to always do more. And so, you know, on this topic, I think there's some real opportunities for us to think about how do we take some things off of our teachers' plates um, by utilizing our nonprofits where they can, you know, help and, and meet some of those needs. I think it's also such a great partnership because the way you speak about educators is the same way I can speak about nonprofit staff members. We are of the same ilk where we will always do more than what is assigned to us and go the extra step to serve our community. And that's just the type of people that serving in our work. Right. Absolutely. Um, I don't think anyone goes into this business thinking they're just going to show up and teach, you know, between that those hours of the school day and um, that that's all they're going to do. Uh, they, you know, as educators, we take things home, um, whether it be work or, or just the burden that some of our students are carrying or the burden that the teachers feel because of the needs that our students have. So what are some of those greatest needs that you see? Let's talk first about students and then we can talk more about your staff but what are some of those greatest needs in your students when I think about the needs you know we our students have always come to us with those needs and it seems like coming out you know out of the pandemic uh, we're seeing those needs be even more exaggerated and, and, and bigger and kids asking for help in different ways during that time, fortunately, in Midland, we, we weren't shut down the way some places across the state and the nation were. But still, there were there was a lot of opportunity for students to not have that support and guidance that they needed. The other thing is they just lost the social aspect of school. You know, I think uh, about students during that time and, and those seniors who didn't get to walk the stage and um, juniors that didn't get to 
go to their prom and, you know, all those end of year activities. We all left after spring, you know, for spring break and um, never knew we wouldn't come back. And so, you know, one of the things I always say now is I'm really glad spring break's only a week. I'm never going to want a longer spring break again, right? Because we learned that that having that long break is certainly not what's right for our kids and, and even our staff. You know, I when that all happened, I don't think I thought as much about how it impacted staff but I was talking to a teacher at the drive-through graduation the next year. And one of the things that was so hard for them was not having that closure with their classes. And whether that be a kindergarten teacher or a senior level teacher, they form relationships. And so I think about it on the staff side, but then think about it on the student side. Many times we're the best part of their day and all of a sudden that's just gone. And um, so I think we're seeing a lot of the repercussions of that. Um, Also, some habits that maybe were were created during that time that we're trying to break those habits and, um, you know, get students back to those high expectations and and that, you know, we do need to show up in person every day and, and we have school and, and work has to be done. So really trying to come back from all of that. Yeah, I have teenagers in my life. And so I can vouch for all the things that you just said. Right. At, you know, the pandemic certainly impacted them in all of those ways. I think in some ways as you mentioned that students are asking for support and help a little bit differently. I think in some ways, because of what we went through in the pandemic, it's it's more normalized to ask for some of those help, to admit to the fact that we all need a little mental health care. We all need some of that self-care. And I'm seeing that in my own children. Is that something that you're seeing that they're able to voice that self-care need or that mental health need? Yes, I think so. And, um, you know, one of the things that we really push and want to make sure of is that every student has at least one person, if not five or 10, but at least one person at at the campus that they feel like they can go to when they need help, um, regardless of what that help is. And, and, you know, teaching them that it's okay to ask for help. It's much better to ask for help and get that help and be, you know, succeed than to not ask for it and then have to struggle through whatever's going on. Absolutely. So with teachers, what are some of the greatest needs that they have right now? You know, so when I think about our teachers, more gets put on their plate every single year. And um, they carry the burden that they signed on for, which is teaching the core content and um, the academic side of that. They also, we've always known as educators that we have that that other side, you know, getting to know our students, building those relationships. But it seems like that Every year, more and more gets put on our plates, whether that be legislatively or, um, you know, just what's going on in our country or community. And so that can be very tiring for teachers because the the work itself is busy. The work, you know, um, the planning and the preparing and the grading and, and giving feedback to students and making adjustments. All of that is a full time job. And then all of those other things have to fall somewhere within that. So one of the things that that I always think our teachers need is for us to look for any opportunity we can to take something off their plate and then just support. They work hard and, and, you know, to know that people care and that the communities behind them means a lot. The Midland community has been great about that over the years. The nonprofits have been great about that over the years, supporting our teachers, thanking them. And so sometimes that goes a long way. 
So where are nonprofits already helping MIC create change and impact in the students? So, you know, there's a whole list of, of nonprofits that we're currently working with. And unfortunately, I'll probably forget some of them. Um, but Be the Change, we've worked with Be the Change for a number of years. FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, that's another um, one that has, you know, rich traditions with the schools, communities and schools. We're getting ready to expand that partnership um, and add that to more schools. Uh, Rope Youth, Bookmobile, Foster Grandparents. Um, I was at a campus I guess about the last week of school, it might have been the last day of school and and visited with one of our foster grandparents. Not only does she do so much for our students, but she shared how much that, you know, being at the campus, it means to her. Uh, Those are just a few. We also have other um, local nonprofits that, you know, are not so much on the campus, but our students benefit from. The Midland County Library, the Sibley Nature Center, the Petroleum Museum, the Museum of the Southwest, Boys and Girls Club, PBS, uh, Midland Community Theater. You know, those are nonprofits that we don't always think about coming into the building, but our students benefit from being able to go to the different events that they have and provide. And then in addition to that, we have nonprofits that our families use, you know, that really extend the reach beyond just thinking about our students, but the families, Casa de Amigos, Buckner, Greater Ideal, Kaleidoscope, Unlock Ministries, and then, of course, the YMCA. And and you all are actually partnering with food banks in different ways as well, with food pantries within the schools and food to kids. You're serving the whole child and you're doing that through partnerships. Right. Absolutely. Uh, that wouldn't be possible without partnerships. And so uh, really looking at, at how we fully utilize our partners out there and, and not duplicate services either. Uh, make sure that, that we're working together and not working in silos. You're my new favorite person. Those are all words that we use a lot here at MSS. Not working in silos is a big piece of what we promote here within our own tenant culture, within the nonprofit culture that we that we help to create collaboration and things of that nature. So not working in silos is such an incredible thing um, that we all need to recognize. What are some of the gaps that new and existing nonprofit partnerships could fill with MISD? I think the needs are always changing. And so a need that we haven't thought of today may be something that as we're starting school, we start to see having the the shared spaces and and that point of contact, I think, is really important for us uh, because many times something exists that we don't know about and we're out there trying to do it on our own. uh, Whereas that quick conversation, you know, with you could really help us get connected to, you know, a nonprofit that could help us. I talked a little bit about, you know, the the number of families that are coming to us from other countries. And so the acclimation into the school system and the school setting and, and, and how to do school in the United States is certainly an adjustment for the student, but that entire family is making an adjustment. And so I think that could be an area of opportunity for us to think about how do we connect the families to the nonprofits that could support them during that transition. Ultimately, you know, that's going to be a win for the student because when the family transitions in well, is supported, knows where to go for help, then the student's going to be, you know, able to focus on their schoolwork and, and not have to worry about what's going on at home. That is such an important piece of everything is where the child feels secure and supported in all areas of their life. 
So how can nonprofits that are not already involved in the conversation with MISD start that conversation? So I think of a couple of things. Uh, One, Melissa Horner is our new executive director of student services. And so anything and everything related to serving our students um, on this side goes through her. She just started a couple of weeks ago. So establishing that connection, having her as a point of contact when we're thinking about students or partnerships that might, you know, be potentials. Also, when we think about staff, Brandon Reyes, he's our new chief of human capital. And, you know, so they see what, you know, employees are coming in new and and what they're needing and how we can connect them, uh, make them feel a part of the community and, and the support that they may need. We have families that from time to time go through difficult situations that we have nonprofits right here that can and and will absolutely help as long as we know how to get them connected. And then, of course, um, historically, you know, the Education Foundation, Anita Gamertsfelder has been a point of contact um, and a great representative of the nonprofit world, you know, herself. Those are great points of contact. And we will link in the show notes to the MISD website where that directory is available and you can find contact information for both of those individuals. Thank you so much, Dr. Howard, for being here today. Thank you for the work that you're doing. I know I and and all of Midland is excited to see how you will direct the ship now going forward. So any final thoughts? So again, just thank you, Autumn, for having me today. Um, thank you to all of our nonprofits out there that are listening. Uh, we appreciate your work. We appreciate you being champions for our community. And on behalf of Midland ISD, thank you for being champions for our students and our staff. So thank you so much, Dr. Howard, for your time. And thank you for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast outlet so you never miss an episode. MSS would like to thank our partner, Pioneer Natural Resources. With Pioneer's partnership, we are working to create impact in our nonprofit community with programs like State of the Nonprofits, IT services, and more. We are eternally grateful to our partnership with Recording Library of West Texas that makes State of the Nonprofits possible.